Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to the third episode of Red Pill Revolution. Uh, my name is Austin Adams and I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. It's one that I think I've personally uh, struggled with. I've seen family struggle with it. I've seen friends struggle with it. And I think as a nation, we're struggling with it. And I really don't think it's something that we are even ready to address you know, at least on a national scale. Um, but, but it's something that I think we've been so far programmed, so deeply programmed that we don't even know that it's there. And it's in our decision-making. It, it affects our relationships. It consumes us with anxiety. And it really gives us a false sense of purpose for life. And that topic is the uh, never-ending, uh, the never-ending search for happiness through consumerism. And this topic is is a really interesting one because I think it's one that's rooted in history, but rooted in history, but so venomously affecting modern society. And I don't even th think very many people know the history of it. And, and it's not one that I'm too far familiar with myself, but I know a little bit about it and enough to speak on it to give you guys an idea. But before we do that, I need you to do this one little thing for me. I need you to like and subscribe to this channel. I need you to share this to whoever you know. And I need you to go to ichoose.red. Dot com is for losers. I choose dot red and sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be keeping you guys updated. I'm going to be pushing out all of the articles that I reference there. I'm going to be putting out a weekly newsletter about the topics that we discuss and it will keep you updated moving forward. I appreciate you guys so much. Like, subscribe, share. Let's start this revolution together. So, so I, I think the easiest way to look at modern consumerism is the turn of the 19th century, right? So it's like the very beginning of the Industrial Revolution. It's the turn of, you know, World War One. It's the same time as, you know, similar timing uh, later on as uh, the Great Depression and then World War Two, And then, um, and then again, the, the World War Two thing is such a theme in our society and, and the, the shifts that were made in our culture and our government and our politics and our societal belief systems. And this is just one of them. Um, but throughout that turn, you'll see that with the, that industrial revolution that we started to produce a lot more products than we had people who wanted them. And so you'll see that the also 
modern advertising came around the, t- the same time to push this ideology that you know, ever heard of the term keeping up with the Joneses? It just means you want to have what other people have. And it's a constant never ending search to, you know, if you're lower, uh, you know, a, a lesser income individual to be searching for middle class. And if you're middle class to be searching for upper class, and if you're upper class to be searching for wealth and to be constantly looking at that person who has a little bit more than you, a little bit nicer car, the one year newer iPhone, uh, you know, the nicer baby stroller, uh, you know, if you're me, a nicer, uh, rifle, <laughs> whatever that thing is for you. Um, you always want the next best thing. And I'm, I'm so guilty of this. And then you can justify it through the justifications we've been given that, you know, the, the, the products better made. And, you know, there's one, one term that you'll see throughout, you know, what really affected, modern consumerism is planned obsolescence. And planned obsolescence is an idea uh, from companies that they basically, you know, and you're probably familiar with the idea, but not familiar with the term. And the idea that you can use a modern example of would be iPhones, right? You don't need to replace your iPhone every year, but for some reason, a ton of people do it, whether it's for the new color, whether it's for two better megapixels on the camera. There's a reason there, 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 there's a justifiable idea that we have for getting that phone, but there's really no reason for it, right? The phone that you work works perfectly fine, right? But you want that next best thing constantly. And, and that's a programming that we were given. That's not our fault, right? From the time that we were little, you know, we were watching TV shows with commercials telling us what toys to buy and what cereal to eat. And we were you know, at school looking at the kids' shoes and wanting the new Nikes. And, you know, it's something so far ingrained in our culture and so deeply programmed into us that to try to fix this takes a massive, massive effort because it's not only seeped its way into our idea of social status, but it's seeped its way into our ideas of success, right? And Success now is completely defined by the amount of money you make. It, it used to be that somebody who was in politics and made a, you know, not a very good amount of money or somebody who was a police officer or somebody who was a firefighter or somebody who was a lawyer or, um, you know, took a political position out of wanting to help the people or, you know, was a school teacher were, were much more highly thought of than they are today. And the reason for that is because we value money and income more than anything else, right? And you'll, you'll hear this phrase, it's not what sh- how much you make, it's how you made it. And I think that really holds true because the, you know, I, I'm somebody who I, I come from a background in insurance sales and I had a, you know, a team of insurance agents and I would teach them how to sell and make great money doing it. But I found very little fulfillment in it because I think in order to be successful in any business like that, you have to do it under the context of uh, you, you have to play the game. You have to not only understand that your idea of success is monetary, but you also have to preach that to other people so that that's what they want success to look like too. And when I would bring people in, you know, you would 
you know, you'd have the nice watch, you'd have the nice car, you'd have the brand new, you know, shoes and uh, Magnani's and Rolexes and Mercedes. And, and it was all to put on this show to make that person who is in a position where they wanted a job to want to be like you. Right. And they didn't know anything about my family at this time. They didn't know anything about my personality. They didn't know anything about my intelligence, my ability to mentor them, my ability to train them or my moral compass, or they knew nothing of that. But we were taught to put on this show that this is what you want to be like. And by doing that, we incentivized people to work longer shifts than they normally would have. Um, we incentivized them to work longer uh, to, to make more calls than they normally would have. And the idea was that they wanted to make the money like I made it. And my idea was that I wanted to make the money like my manager made it. And that manager's idea was that they wanted to make money like the regions made it. And the regions idea was that they wanted to make money like the owners and CEOs made it. And, and it's, it's this constant never ending want. And that want leaves you empty. There's, there's no good that comes from seeking money because, you know, money itself is such a fictitious idea. It, it, the idea of money, you know, it's not even that we value money. It's that we value success and success. Today's success is, is the constant never ending stream of new things. Right. And I think we have to define like in order to be happy in today's modern world, you have to sit down and have a very real conversation of your with yourself. It's like, what 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 does success mean to me? And I've recently battled with this and I just getting out of that insurance industry that was very somewhat toxic for my mentality on success and happiness. I always thought success meant getting to a certain place in life and having a certain amount of money in the bank and having a certain watch and having a certain car and having certain vacations and a certain look on Instagram. And, and it's something that I made a lot of money and it was, it was empty. And to have pursued such an empty goal for so long was a difficult thing to wrestle with. And so I redefined happiness for myself and I took some time off and, and luckily I had the financial ability to do so. And I tried to find what, what, what would make me happy? Like what, what would make me feel fulfilled and what would I do on a day-to-day -day basis if money didn't matter? And to me that ended up being spending time with my kids that ended up being, you know, going and doing the things that I love like jujitsu and, uh, and also you know, making a difference through speaking how I feel, right? And that was something that I enjoyed a part of the business that I was in before was bringing in people and mentoring them and telling them about the industry and teaching them about sales and teaching them how to become successful. And something that I am reprogramming pre myself to value is the idea of spreading moral success and spreading uh, moral mentorship and personally unraveling the knot of my life by 
finding out more about history. And, and so what I decided to do was to f figure out what I was good at. I sat down and wrote down some of the qualities that I possessed, some of the things that I was given naturally. And some of those things were, you know, being able to speak well and being able to present an idea very clearly to people and not being afraid of audiences and, and also impacting people through research. And so, you know, I decided to go back to school. I utilizing my GI bill to go to, uh, go back to college after I was an air traffic controller in the military. And uh, now I decided after getting out, going through being in the insurance business for six years, five years or so, um, I'm going back to school to go to law school. And uh, philosophy is something I'm passionate about. And so I'm pursuing that. And at the same time, I'm figuring out more about myself. I'm figuring out more about uh, what it means to be happy in today's world. And I'm, and I'm doing that at the same time of letting go of that idea of that success being completely tied to finances. And um, this is something that I was ingrained with throughout, I, I think, in my childhood, that success always meant money because there wasn't a lot of it, you know, an overwhelming a lot of it in my childhood. And I, I saw, you know, the difficulties that my parents struggled with. And so it, it's not like money's the root of all evil. It's like, you know, you have to have a certain level of it. You have to have a certain income level to provide for your family in a modern society. And obviously that takes hard work and consistency and uh, goal-driven action on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And you have to have a certain level of that because if you don't have any money, you're not shielded from life's difficulties. Right. If you have a medical bill, you know, it's the end of the fucking world. If, you know, I, if you have, uh, you know, you get pulled over and you got to pay a ticket and you can't pay that ticket and now you got another ticket and, and now you got called into court, but you can't pay for a lawyer and now you end up in jail. It's like this never ending cycle. So you have to have a certain level of financial success to allow you to find yourself. And luckily that's where I'm at now. But I think you have, it, it's, it, there's a way to get there without, having to fully pursue that monetary success in the first place. And I think that's by having a very real conversation with yourself, with your family and sitting down and defining what success looks like for you. Is that success look like consistent time with your family and spending time doing fun things that maybe don't cost a bunch of money, but do cost some mental effort on your side good question to ask yourself is would you rather be young and poor or rich and old right and i think that really can define what the value is in each it's like the time that you can spend on yourself and and then your young healthy body doing fun things that you're not never going to have the ability to do being 60 and having five million dollars doesn't mean you can go rock climbing in the desert, you know, if that's something that you wanted to do, it doesn't mean that you can go immediately go run a marathon. All it means is you're really just shielded from some of the malevolence in life and you're stuck in the matrix, right? Because if you have that money, then all of your friends probably have that money too. And you have to perpetuate this belief system that money is happiness because if you don't and you you don't feel fulfilled at that point that you have all this money and you've worked so hard to get there 80 hours a week for 35 50 years to get to that position or you know 40 years to get to that position 
now you're 40 years later, you have everything that you worked for, your definition of what you thought success would be, and now you feel empty. It's like, that's scary, right? Why, why give up 30, 40 years of your life for the hopes of happiness when happiness is never going to be found in something, right? And I think there's a really good Terrence McKenna quote that um, kind of puts these things in perspective and like how we view success and how we've, you know, this idea of consumption at whatever cost to find value. It's so Terrence, Terrence McKenna said this, see, he said, we have to create culture. Don't watch TV. Don't read magazines. Don't even listen to NPR. Create your own roadshow. The nexus of space and time where you are now the most immediate sector of your universe. And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you are disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons. Icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that you want to dress like X. Or you want to have lips like Y, which is funny with all life is today in the female society. This is shit-brained, this kind of thinking. This is all cultural diversion. And what is real is you and your friends, and your associations, and your highs, and your orgasms, and your hopes, and your plans, and your fears. And we are told, no, we're unimportant. You're peripheral. Get a degree, get a job, get a this, get a that, and then you're a player. You don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. Damn. <laughs> it's like, you really almost need to break that down. And so what I think it's saying, is like the matrix, right? That idea of the the procured life right by you know and that's mentioned in the idea of cultural engineers and i said that before we've been programmed to think this way so deeply ingrained in our modern society is the idea of consumerism and the only way to escape that is to not play the game it's like the the way that we define success today is by having a nice fucking high rise in miami and having an aston martin sitting in the the fucking uh the parking lot below that you get to go walk down to and drive at fucking 6 a.m. and go to your job that you hate to afford the shit that you think that you want so that you can appear to be a certain person. So fuck that, dude. It's like in, in today's world, the, the, the end goal should be like self-reliance, complete self-reliance. Like get a decent sized house on a big ass piece of land Get some, you know, ha have a water source, have the ability to provide for your family without the need of the, the playing the game of those cultural engineers. Like you want to reclaim your mind and get out of the hands of the engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron, consuming all the trash is being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. It's all to take you away from this idea that you don't have to play their game, right? You don't have to 
be in, you don't have to want the high rise in Miami. You can want a decent sized house on a plot of land and have the same fucking clothes to wear every day and a nice enough car to get you where you need to go so you can do the things that you enjoy doing and then stop playing the game. Create your own roadshow. The nexus of space where you are now the most immediate sector of your universe. Without worrying about Michael Jackson, or Bill Clinton, or Kim Kardashian, or Caitlyn Jenner, or fucking politics. Create a universe where you're happy doing the things that you want to do. Where you don't have to play the cultural games. Like, play it until... Play it with the end goal in mind that as soon as you can fucking get out of it, the whole point of the game is to get out of the game. The whole play, point of understanding you've been programmed is to unprogram yourself and get into a program free life, right? Get to a point where you don't need to be endlessly consuming. You don't need to be endlessly running towards money to fuel that consumption, right? And, and, it's not even just the consumption of money or the, the it's the consumption of entertainment it's the consumption of netflix and uh you know news and uh facebook and social media and you know this this world has been been so curated for you and and you've we've all fallen for every trap of it not only the money trap, not only the fame trap or the success trap or the um, entertainment trap or the free time trap or the, you know, all of these things are designed to suck you away from the, uh, from understanding that the power lies with you and your family and your, the people that you surround yourself with and your true happiness of the things that you enjoy doing. All of this, all of this the, the evil of consumerism was planned, would, would never have been able to so ingrain itself in our culture without the use of financial leverage of the banks. So when you realize that consumerism is the goal and debt is the vehicle and you are the victim, you are just the the a number, a social security number that they look at to push the consumption of their products, to make them more money, to give them and further pursue this idea of success. And so I, th I think a new, a better way to think about it is to redefine how we view our day-to-day -day lives, Re redefine why we go to work, redefine why we do our jobs. And I, and I don't know if this is everybody, because I know there are uh, some people who chose their given career field out of the way that it makes them feel. But I don't think that's most people, right? I think there's a lot of people, especially in sales. Sales is a really venomous trap for people who are financially motivated or, or programmed to think that success is only specifically finances. And this goes back to the saying of it's not how, it's not what you make, or how much you made, it's how you made it, right? It's like, where did those dollars come from? And where did you spend those dollars? If you make a bunch of money and then you go give it to Walmart and Amazon, you're perpetuating this idea. So not only should we be thinking of where is our money coming from and what is the 
energy that comes with that money, right? How do you feel about the money you made? Was it made rightfully? Did you feel good about how you made that money? Does it make you feel, does it make you sleep better at night knowing that you helped somebody with that? Or did you make it off the backs of manipulation? Or did you make it off of the backs of perpetuating negative ideas that are going to further seed themselves in the people that you put them in and cause negative outcomes? So there's two sides of it. It's like you have to address first, where are you making your money? Is Are you making it from something that's fulfilling? Are you making it from something that makes you feel good? Or are you making it from something that you think may make you feel good in the future as a result of the amount that you're making from it? Because what you're going to find is it's never going to be enough. You're always going to need to make more because the second that you make a six-figure income, you're going to need to make a multiple six-figure income because as you make more money, your expenses go up. And when you make a multiple six-figure income, you're going to need to make a seven-figure income because now you're around the real wealthy people and they make you feel like shit because all you're driving is that nice new Mercedes and now he's got an Aston Martin and that new Miami I-Rise we were talking about, right? So it's a constantly per perpetuating cycle and you have to fucking cut the head off of that snake yourself and it doesn't feel good initially but overall it's going to be, be what's best for you it's going to be what's best for your relationships and it's going to be what's best for your family so figure out what it is that would make you feel fulfilled in making that money it's not about how much you're making it it's about how you how you made it where that came from and how that making that money makes you feel and then there's that other side of it Right? Not only cut off the head, but cut off the tail. Are you perpetuating this idea of consumerism? Are you feeding big box corporations who have a bottom line? Or are you giving your money to mom and pop shops? Are you shopping at Kroger and consuming shit food constantly? Or are you going to the farmer's market and getting something that's truly nourishing for you physically? And not only that, but you're giving your one of the best things I love about going to the farmer's market is handing cash to a farmer, directly to a farmer, not to a cashier who then hands it to a manager, who then hands it to a security company, who then takes it to a bank, who gives it to the bank, who puts it into the savings account, who puts it into their own investments for their own bottom line. And then, no, fuck that. I give it to a farmer who takes it home and then he gives it to another farmer so that he can feed his family. And that's cutting off the head and cutting off the tail. And that's the end goal. Don't perpetuate this cycle. Don't perpetuate this idea that success means that you have to fucking sell your soul for a Miami high rise. Fuck that. The end goal is self-sustainability. The end goal is happiness. The end goal is not just financial freedom, but personal freedom, time time would you rather be old and rich or young and poor and i'll take young and poor every fucking day because i have more time to spend i have more time to spend with my family i have more time to spend on myself i have more time to spend on being there for people like more time to give people personally that may affect their lives positively, which will come back around and allow me to have more positive relationships. It's like, yeah, I could give those hours to fucking Mark Zuckerberg and write code that's going to fucking tear down the democracy. Or I can 
make fucking bracelets that I love making, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it is that you do that fulfills you and find a fucking community that's out there that wants to further perpetuate this idea that the end goal is not consumerism. The end goal is fulfillment. Not the idea that you may someday have fulfillment, but finding fulfillment today. And because you have fulfillment today, knowing that at any given fucking second, if I die... I did what I could to reach fulfillment now and not push it off until I'm 55 years old or 65 years old. And I'm not saying go spend your fucking money frivolously and party all you want. I'm saying put your money away. Stop buying the brand new fucking Yeezys. Don't buy that planned obsolescence from iPhones. Stop playing the game. Go home, spend some time with your family, write down your goals, figure out what it is that would find you true fulfillment. And if you're 45, 50 years old and you're listening to this right now and you're waking the fuck up and going, this isn't what I thought it would look like, right? I I spent all these years working so hard and I didn't get the outcome that I was hoping for. I'm not financially successful. I'm, I'm not wealthy. I'm not, fuck that. You didn't lose the game. The game was fucking rigged. Don't play the game anymore. Find fulfillment today. Do things you enjoy. Spend time with your family, right? Go on a fucking walk. Read a book. Go back to school. Find find a topic that gives you fulfillment and give everything you can to that. Because knowing that whether I die at 35 years old or 29 years old or 65 years old or 150 fucking years old, Regardless of that's today or 50 years down the road, I will know that I did what I could today to find fulfillment now and not pushing that off for some idea that was given to me by corporations who wanted to take advantage of me so that they could make their billions. And I think you'll find that your relationships improve. I think you'll find that your depression may start to dissolve. I think that you'll find that you'll have more energy because when you wake the fuck up and go to some soul sucking job because you want possibly this fucking, this fucking, uh, what is it? Slot machine where you spin it enough times, maybe hopefully someday you'll fucking win some money. But in the meantime, what you don't realize is the algorithms are made so that they make more than you no matter what. And that's the same thing with modern corporations. Don't play the game. If you enjoy being a great fucking salesman, start your own company, start it from scratch, find a product that you fucking love, that you know is going to positively impact the people that you're working with, and then go find everybody in the world that you can give it to. Don't go work at some fucking, I don't know, bullshit sales career because you want to find fulfillment through an idea that was pushed to you by fucking Amazon of what success looks like or by Instagram or by some fucking fake ass 22 year old who rented a Lamborghini for a day to make you feel like shit about yourself enough to buy his fucking program. Let's find another quote. Jesus. So here's a good one. It says, let's see. So, What's great about this country is America started the tradition where the richest consumers buy essentially the same things as the poorest. 
You can be watching TV and see a Coca-Cola, and you can know that the president drinks Coke. Kim Kardashian drinks Coke. And just think, you too can drink Coke. A Coke is a Coke, and no amount of money can get you a better Coke than the one bum, the bum on the corner is drinking. All the Cokes are the same, and all the Cokes are good. That was Andy Warhol on consumerism. And I think that's interesting because it's like the, the, the percentage, the minuscule percentage improvements between modern middle class and modern wealth is very little compared to what it used to be. Like if you were fucking poor in 1855, yeah, your shit sucked, dude. You were fucking shitting in the woods. You were going and hunting your own food. You were starving half the fucking time. Your kids were underweight. Your house was fucking had damn dirt floors if you were lucky enough to have a house. But if you were wealthy, there was a huge difference, like fucking crazy difference in the way that you lived your life. But today it's like, the, it's such a small, minuscule percentage difference of the quality of life that you live. You, you know, the fucking guy on the side of the road has, who's got a cardboard sign asking you for money has an iPhone in his pocket. You know, the same iPhone the president does, the same iPhone Mark Zuckerberg has, the same iPhone Jeff fucking Bezos has. Right? And maybe that's a, a guy on the side of the road's a bad idea if he doesn't go home to a house, but a lot of them may. Right? It, it, and so the, the house that you have today, the modern home and the modern mansion, both usually keep their heat in the winter. They both usually have carpet on the floors if you want it. You know? And so a Coke's a Coke, right? Whether you're the president, whether you're Jeff fucking Bezos, or whether you're Austin Adams shooting a podcast in your fucking basement. <laughs> right. And so I think it's, 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 but it's hard to make that point drive home. And it's like, you, you're still watching the same game. If you paid for the $30 tickets or the hundred dollar tickets, now the hundred dollar tickets are a little bit more exciting, right? Maybe you can afford a fucking jet ski, <laughs> but but you're still at the game right it's like you still get the coke you still get to appreciate you know television you don't have to have a 55 inch or a 150 inch projector to appreciate a movie and the amount of time that you're going to spend giving up your life and your happiness and your energy and your uh your like life force to go into getting that 150 inch projector screen movie room over a 50 inch TV that you bought from Best Buy for 200 bucks. It's not worth it, man. You know, you, you gave up so much more than you got out of it and you were fucking duped and you should have been spending that time on yourself. You should, it should have been spending that time with your family, with your friends, with new hobbies or new experiences so get get the fuck out of it, man. Like get get out of the matrix and and realize that it that none of this is for you, right? None of this consumerism is positive for you or your family. It's gonna put you in more debt. It's gonna cause what like fifty percent of divorces are caused by financial problems. Um, 
And, and the whole goal is to keep you consuming, right? Consuming entertainment, consuming products, and trading all of that consumption for the real, the, the only thing with real value in life, and that's time. Let's see if I got anything else here for us. I think that's it guys you know the, the goal is self-sufficiency the goal is not the miami high-rise the goal is the nice fucking house on a plot of land where you get to like the the american dream is has been you know again it's been hijacked it's like they took this idea of what happiness could be and the the american idea of of happiness and a homestead and being able to be self-sufficient and they turned it into something that being completely reliant on the machine and if the machine stops so does your happiness even though you never had it right you never had that happiness because it's just a it's a fictitious uh fictitious um it's like this it's like there there's a this is a great quote i was watching the movie uh soul with my daughter and uh in the movie the guy goes and he wants to be a famous jazz musician and uh, he works his whole life to be a famous jazz musician. And he knew that once he got to that point, it was going to make him happy. And it was going to make him fulfilled. And he worked so hard to get there. And then somewhere along the line, he lost that faith that he could do it. And he fucking died as a, as a teacher. And uh, But he came back to life somehow, right? There's a whole movie you should fucking watch. It's a great movie. Um but he died along the way and he came back to life and he, and he finally got this opportunity to be a, to work with a famous jazz musician and, and he, he did everything he wanted and he killed it that night. And he put on a performance of a lifetime. And at the end of the night, he walked out of the bar and he realized he reached his goal and he wasn't happy. And he looked to the musician that he was working with now and he said, it just doesn't feel like I thought it would feel. And she said, there's this old story about a fish. There's two fish. There's the old fish and the young fish. And the young fish comes up to the old fish. And the young fish says, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for this thing. And I know when I find it, it's going to make me happy. I'm looking for this thing. And, and, and the, old, the old fish goes, what is it? Tell me what it is and I'll help you find it. And the young fish looks to the old fish. And the young fish says, I'm looking for the ocean. And I'm searching everywhere for it. And I can't find it. And the old fish looks to the young fish. And the old fish says, honey, it's called water. And it's all around us right now. And the young fish looks at the old fish. And goes, that's ridiculous. And swims away. And... What, that, what I took from that story is that when you're looking for happiness or you're searching for fulfillment through uh, constructs, you, you'll never get it. You'll, you, you're never going to find the ocean because the ocean is a construct. But water is all around you every day. Fulfillment is around you every day. And the ability to take advantage of that will only be clouded if you're always looking for the ocean. 
So reevaluate your life. If this is something that you've struggled with, you know, maybe it's time to sit down and have a real conversation with yourself and see if, are you doing something right now that's fulfilling for you? And are you spending your money in a way that is perpetuating this idea? Or are you spending your money in a way that's impacting other people who are searching or who are finding fulfillment in themselves and not through consumerism? So I hope that gave you some insight. You know, it was a little bit different than the last few times. Uh, there was some good historical aspects of this that I think we could touch on in another day. Um, but I think this opens up a really good conversation. So if this is something you've struggled with, this is something you've dealt with, if this is something you're currently dealing with, or if any of this resonated for you, leave me a comment. Let me know. Find me on, uh, you know, you can leave comments on the Instagram page at Red, po- Red Pill Revolt. Um, or go to YouTube and uh, you can watch this uh, through video. If you're on YouTube, go subscribe to the fucking uh, podcasts uh, through the channel. The website is ichoose.red. Go to ichoose.red.com is for losers and uh, subscribe. We'd love to hear back uh, some feedback from you guys on this episode. And uh, another day, we'll get into a little bit about the history of modern consumerism, how we got there, who was a part of it, uh, some of the disgusting pieces of modern advertising. And uh, But for now, I think you got some good homework assignments. (laughs) Have a great day, guys. I hope you took something from this, and uh, I will see you soon. Bye.